You're listening to the We Lead Well podcast, where well-being matters. The show is brought to you in partnership with Progressive Masculinity and HeadTeacherChat.com. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the We Lead Well podcast. I have to say today is the first day that I have really noticed the days are getting longer. Hooray! It's 10 to 5 here and it's actually still light outside. Even though the sun has set, we've still got that beautiful twilight light. The sky's beautifully pink and blue and it looks absolutely amazing. And it's making me get excited because I have also seen the first shoots of spring in my garden. I have my tulip plant that's growing and I saw some daffodil shoots by the side of the road and that is the first sign for me that spring is on its way so I am really excited about that. If you're not a regular listener to the show, I am Vicky Maguire. I'm an education and leadership coach. I support school leaders in numerous ways through coaching. I coach head teachers and school leaders one-to-one via group coaching and team coaching for senior leadership teams. I've created the Women Lead Well group coaching program and the Women Lead Well network. And on today's program, I am really excited to interview two of the original Women Lead Well group coaching cohort. So we welcome to the show today, Rebecca Coronel Hunter and Atia Ejaz. I really wanted to give you more of a flavour of what group coaching is about and what it can create for you, how it can support you in your growth and development so that you can hear how it's impacted on two of the previous participants. So it's a great interview today. If group coaching is something that you have thought about or if one-to-one coaching is something that you have thought about, this is a really great interview because it will give you a really good flavour for what the group coaching programme is like. And actually, Rebecca, who you will hear in the interview, went on to be coached one-to-one because she'd found the group coaching so beneficial. She wanted to carry on with the coaching in a one-to-one capacity. If coaching in any of its forms is something that is of interest to you, for example, if you would like to find out more about the senior leadership team coaching that I do, or the one-to-one coaching for senior leaders, or the Women Lead Well group coaching programme, and we have a new cohort about to start, and I do have one place left for that you can get in touch with me it's vicky at weleadwell.co.uk or you can visit the website and you can book a call with me there and i can tell you a little bit more about coaching the benefits of it how it will help you and what you can expect to gain from it and whether it's something that will work for you whether it's something that will suit you and something that will help you to achieve your goals so without further ado here is today's interview with Rebecca and Atia. Enjoy. <laughs> we didn't hear it. Right, okay, we'll just start. I'll cut that bit. I'll cut that bit out. Make sure I don't get that. Atia Ejaz and Rebecca Coronel, welcome to the We Lead Well podcast. Thank you for having us. How are you both? Really good. Yeah. Nice yeah, little break. It's actually good to be back. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I need <Wow>. structure. <laughs> I I can, yeah, I can see it from that point of view. I feel like I've had a month off with my children glued to each hip, so I can understand that. Yes, sometimes it's not as much for holiday as you expect it's going to be when you've got uh, children, is it? Especially yeah. at Christmas when there's all four any family member. <laughs> <laughs> So the reason that I've got you on the podcast today is because the two of you were in the very first cohort. How long ago is this now? Because we're on about cohort nine, I think now. So you were in the first cohort of the Women Lead Well Group coaching programme. And I wanted to get you on the show to talk to me about what the experience was like 
how you experienced it and what you've been doing since then and you're both in the women lead well network so i would like to have a bit of a chat with you about that because i really feel like group coaching and networking can have a massive impact on well-being and just help you to understand yourself better understand your stress levels think about your goals where you're going what you want to do and just get some clarity on all of those different things that are often just buzzing around in your head a lot of the time especially in the role that we do in schools in leadership where it can be a lonely role because you spend most of your time with with pupils don't you you know you're in your classroom or you're in your office um, and I think it's a really great space to talk through some of those things that are going around your head and some of the experiences that we have like imposter syndrome or you know negative thought patterns and things like that so let's start by you introducing yourself to the listener nobody ever likes this bit where you have to introduce yourself I, I, I always used to dread it when I used to go to a training session and there'd be a right it's time for introductions and you have to think of something exciting to tell everybody about yourself but just give us an overview of who you are and what you do a little bit about how you've got to where you are now so Atia you start for us Okay, so I'm Atia Ijaz and um, I'm now an assistant head in charge of staff development and basic skills um, and I'm in a secondary school in Manchester which is great um, and it's been a real struggle. Um, I've been teaching for 18 years, no 20 years actually, gosh, Wow. Um, and it's taken a very long time to get here and honestly Women Lead Well was the turning point, the pivotal point for me. Um, I think I think though what you what you refer to there and I'm sort of interrupting you in your introduction and your bio bit but the difficulty of not only as a woman but being uh, obviously you're um, a woman of colour so mm -hmm. I suppose that has also potentially added to the barriers that you've faced in moving your career forward would you say? Yeah, I not realised it at the time, uh, but I think the the baggage that you bring along with you in terms of in your own mind, really, perhaps mm. not by others, but the cultural differences and the trying to fit in um, things that most women have anyway. But then adding the cultural diversity to that is yeah. a struggle, actually, because even now there's times where the cultural capital that don't have the same because if you can ask me about an Asian film or an Asian drama or something I'll tell you everything but actually connecting to uh, uh, British culture at times has been really difficult and then mm. trying to fit in as you're moving up that's harder yeah so tell me about you tell me about your struggle tell me about your journey from teaching into into leadership yeah. Um, I had a fantastic mentor in my first year of teaching um, who really believed in me. She saw something that I clearly hadn't at all. And she really sort of just gave me that little nudge that you needed just to apply for the next role. And so I went through lots of different promotions right early on. Um, within the second year, I was like um, head of sixth form IT, which was great. Um, and then have gone on from pastoral roles, head of faculty, whole school, ICT, whole school leadership. Uh, literacy um, and lots of different roles but then I just got stuck into a middle leadership for a very very long time I did loads of courses um, I did my MPQ did um, the teaching leaders read loads and loads of books and so I knew what I needed to do and I knew and I'd read that you need to believe in yourself and I'd I'd hear these you know these videos about oh you need to just go for something but actually that there was something inside that just wasn't unlocking um, and I honestly, honestly, just Women Lead Well was that unlocking bit for me, um, especially Rebecca as well, talking to her, um, sharing ideas. Honestly, that was just something clicked. All of the, all that information I had inside me just unlocked through that. Do you think it was because it was a space where you could explore the things that were holding you back and talk about them and share your ideas and hear other people's experience and engage in that sort of sharing of what 
what the barriers are and what's holding us back. Yes, definitely. It was the fact that I was talking to women. I was talking to people who had children. I was talking to people who had that imposter syndrome. I was talking to people I didn't know who weren't in my circle. So you can just be yourself completely and you can just say your inner fears or somebody else has said them on, you know, on <laughs> air and you're almost like, oh, actually, yes, that is so true. And yeah. the fact that we were learning, I was learning from each, from every one of you. Um, and the things that you sort of think but don't say out loud because you don't want to be seen as somebody who's you know inferior in any way but listening to that and then being able to be really honest and say yeah i'm always thinking this and actually the, the sticking point and vicky you just being able to the way that you explain things it just sort of makes sense even though i'll have heard it somewhere else but i think in that forum and people mm. around you supporting you and genuinely believing in you that makes a massive difference. You've got cheerleaders in there, haven't you? Yes. It, 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 it's amazing the sense of support that you feel. Everybody is just really behind everybody else, aren't they? Yeah, because in school settings, you do almost have to have this little mask on. And even though you might have somebody that's a trusted friend that you can share things with, but actually the 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 development and the, the, the you're constantly Vicky talking about little leadership quotes or anecdotes of what you've gone through and because you're a senior leader um it, it was something that you sort of aspire to as well and you're hearing other people who are a deputy head or an assistant head and they're feeling like this and you think actually that's okay then isn't it and yeah that that's what they've done and perhaps I could change that and do this and you can really implement things that you're hearing and also I think that regular contact as well it wasn't just a quick like three week you know intense mm. course or anything it was over time so we were almost like developing and learning as we were grow going together and that was really important yeah so it feels like it gave you the confidence that you could apply for something and go and interview for it and be the right person yeah. for the role. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And getting the little text messages in the morning to say, good luck. And, you know, and uh, Becky sort of helping with the application form and just the fact that the, the tips, you get those anywhere else, but these were genuine heartfelt tips and it was in your context and it was really just pushing you, nudging you along because people believing that you could and sometimes you don't have that inner belief sometimes and somebody else believing that who doesn't know you, who's heard your story, that's that's big. So tell us about the assistant head role that you do now. What are your responsibilities? How have you experienced that and where do you want to go next with it? So it's a temporary role for two years um, and I've done my first year and oh my God, it is a whirlwind. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be one of those people who used to sit there thinking, what do those SLT members do in their, in their office all day? Like they've got more freeze than we have. And oh my gosh, you are a headless chicken from the minute you walk in. And they would say that, but actually the fact that you are dealing with a ch crying child one minute to a crying member of staff the next minute and you're getting a governor's report sorted and you've got a parent on the phone and you've got somebody else at the door um it's fantastic um but all that learning and all the the sort of you know when you do get that when you, you're standing there for the governors and that impart you know like i can hear you all just like the little tips and nuggets of actually it's okay to have imposter syndrome it's okay to just you know just take out a deep breath and just ground yourself all of those things come to play so what are you responsible for as assistant head um, so i'm in charge of um, basic skills which is literacy numeracy study skills etc and then also staff development um so cpd across school um which is really good because you're just dealing with like developing others and i really believe in that and i really like being able to talk to people who are where i was 10 15 years ago um and just supporting others is just brilliant i was part. laughing then because i was just thinking oh just a couple of easy things on your job description then <laughs> staff cpd literacy and numeracy like the most important things <laughs> in terms of like, oh, it keeps pupil achievement I'm sure it really does keep you busy but you it sounds like you're really enjoying it it sounds like it's something that you've honestly that 
and all I'm doing is reading at the moment. Like constantly, I've got a pile of books that I need to read because I need to know what I'm talking about to support others in developing them. Mm. Um, yeah, it's great. You need to be the expert. Yeah, or just so you... a step ahead at least, or find the experts. Exactly. <laughs> if you can keep one step ahead, you're yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really sorry, but Ruby. I mean, she's a guest on the show regularly, but she's making some very strange sounds under the desk. So I, I apologise if you can hear us. At least it's not us. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rebecca, it's your turn now. So introduce yourself to the listener and tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, well, I'm Rebecca Coronel Hunter. Um I'm a Spanish teacher, so I started out, um, it's 12 years ago, I think, that I qualified as an NQT. Um, and I got my, my dream job with my dream classroom. I got A-level, um, I really hit the ground running. Um, and I think I kept running for about five years. Um, I was promoted to head of year seven and head of year eight, and then um, other pastoral leadership roles on SLT and then curriculum leadership. Um, and then I had my children and a, a lot of a lot of things changed. I, I obviously changed, <clears throat> but the way people saw me changed as well. Um, so at about year seven in my career, I found myself um, feeling like a fish out of water, really. I'd, my job had been my hobby. For years, it had been what I'd done best. It was so much part of my identity that when, when this um, shift came from within me and from around me, um, I didn't realise it at the time. But um, yeah, I was. I became very, very sort of lost, um, and I didn't deal with adapting to all those changes very well became quite frustrated because I'm a very impatient person and um, I'm hard on myself um, I was used to achieving something amazing every year I think from about the age of five so to come up against what this felt like well it, it felt like a brick wall it it felt like I changed job completely was um it was just too much for me and it was around that time that I started looking into coaching myself and thankfully um, fell upon um, the Women Lead Well Network. So again, um, just at the right time, Vicky, <laughs> you um, you were found by, what was it, two years ago? It'll be now, won't it, in March? Yeah. By yeah. Loxley. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so if I see years coming up to a second year in a job, then yeah, yeah. well done, by the way, Atia, well done. It was nice to hear all that again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I suppose I've been trying to find Rebecca ever since that point of um, who am I? Am I, am I a teacher? Am I a mum? How do I be a teacher and a mum and a wife and a friend? Um, I'm not being a very good teacher, a wife or friend. That's not a nice feeling, but I'll just have to I sort of ignore it because I've got to just crack on doing everything um, and my kind of carry on running. You know, I just kept doing what I've been doing for the last five, six years. Um, and, you know, it, it was a really, really hard realisation when. When I knew that I had to change something. Um, and the group just helped me. Well, when you were talking about the the coaching, Vicky, when you were talking about it, everything that I would say about it, you have said, which just shows what a important but shared experience it is. If 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 when you verbalise it, both of you, it's the same thing to us. That just shows how just what a big part of being a, a teacher and being a leader, it, it should be to have the group coaching, I think, mm. because I realised that I didn't have the role models that I needed. I think that was huge for me. I didn't realise that I wasn't working with a Rebecca that was successful being the kind of person that I wanted to be. And rather than thinking, oh, well, you know, that's just because Rebecca works at the school down the road. I actually thought that 
I was incompatible maybe with with the with our sector or that there was something wrong with me and that being Rebecca was never going to work. So I kind of um, sought to change myself or, or I started to pick myself apart really and think I've been doing this wrong and I've been doing this wrong and that's why it's not working and um, which was daft but the group coaching was like it was a big shock at first to sort of sit you know you, you feel like you're sat in a room all together don't you and see yourself reflected and see who you would like to become or or look at somebody and be amazed by them and then be amazed by you and think hang on a minute you know what what's what's happening here um feel like I just had that glimpse of knowing my job really well for a moment and I haven't felt that for a while so yeah at year six seven I just felt lonely lost um demotivated didn't quite know which way to go definitely unhappy and I I, I was just making decisions and um teaching and leading in a way that wasn't authentic and it it you know it, it made me very very unhappy and the big the group the group was the beginning of realizing that which probably took a year or so to be really honest with myself that you know a big change was needed but the role models so for example Atia obviously I would always say to you keep going keep going keep going but I'd be saying to myself give up don't bother what's the point and and to see that in myself is sort of a bit you know it's not very good self-care is it um it's interesting because it's, when, when you start when we first met you were in a really low place weren't you I, re I remember really yeah. vividly it's still the, really hard to think the call that we it, had and you were really really negative about yourself you were questioning I've, I've whether you were back, hadn't I and yeah and I'd accepted it as as a, as a given that that was that was that that was me that feedback was me and 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 that's there was nothing I could do about it uh yeah I'd gone from being somebody who was driven to defeated and it, I didn't recognize myself but the, the role models, as I said, to see people who taken steps back in their career, you know, there were women in the group who take who took massive leaps, but they they weren't all in the same direction or in the same way. And I and I just needed to see all those same ways because the only way that I'd seen in my school was it, it was quite toxic. Unfortunately, it was about women competing or women sacrificing their family, and I. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that. So I'd resigned myself to sort of my career ending, ending there or the career that I thought I would have um, if I'd kept going as I, as I had for the first five years. It, I was just getting to the point of thinking this is, you know, I'm, I'm sort of done. So to see other people um, just doing it their own way made me start to think well what is my way and why don't I do me and my way it's quite an insular strange sector isn't it to work when you're in one school you're almost in it's like a you have a family there and and I suppose I was a product of of those five years at that school and my values just started to shift as the school shifted in another direction and there was just big clashes everywhere and that is one of the most amazing things I think about coaching and group coaching is the space that you get to to work out what is important to you so that when just, you I'm go into to, sorry I'm interrupting how rude <laughs> It's because you said values and it just made me think that was something that I wanted to ask you both, like how important it was to you to mm. work through your values, because I think it's something that's it's missing from lots of 
leadership courses, leadership training. Mm. There's no there's no reference really to yeah. values, is there? And giving yourself giving yourself some time to yeah. really think about what your values are and how you live those values through yeah. the role that you're doing. Yeah. It's an that, error as well because what does that say about how we value other people's values as well? Because yeah. if if we're not if not if we're not trained and expected to recognise our own, you know, even if we live to them, you know, 80, 90% of the time, if 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 we can't admit to ourselves that we have values, then we can't be respectful and considerate leaders and teachers and work with parents and children who who all have different values if we're not sort of in a position to be be aware of our own and aware of others and that they're not going to be the same and and that's fine but to also be in a position where you can work out what your shared values are because there will be there will be shared values that's that's one of the things that i would recommend any new head going into a school does or a new head of department working with their team working out what your shared values are is absolutely key to people being able to work yeah. effectively together i'll tell you what what were you going to say about values? i was just going to say about how like the the, t the structure of the way that you presented that and sort of talked us through that i remember you sort of setting us like a, a mini homework where you were saying right okay we're going to talk about values next time so i want you to think about what your values are and I'd read about values and I sort of knew what they were. I actually Googled what my values might be. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought, right, what should they be? <laughs> Genuinely, because that's the way I do things, just because I don't that self like lack of self-belief. Yeah. What I think and whether that was valid or not. Um that's where I was. And I mean we're um, laughing, we're laughing, but but it's true. I think it's something it's to do with sad, serving your school, it? isn't it? Yeah. When you when but you serve, you kind of yeah, you kind of try and make yourself be what you need to be in that yeah. conversation and with that parent, with that child, and you want to fit in, in that and role. Be, and I'm doing CPD. You know, accepted, yeah, definitely. And the yeah. fact that you sort of talked about what values were, you shared what yours were, everybody sort of spoke about it. Then you gave us time to reflect and think about ours, and really, I'd had done this exercise before, but the way that it was listening to everybody else's, but then you giving us that time to really hone in on what we genuinely, genuinely thought, and then bringing that back to the bigger picture. That, the, the, it honestly, like I've said before, it's the way that you deliver things and the way that you sort of really make us realize what it is that we want um, is, is priceless. One of you used the word sacrifice, and that's really key, I think, in a lot of roles that we do. I think particularly as, as women, we sacrifice our authenticity because we think that we need to be something else other than what we are to be able to do the role effectively. And being authentic, I think, is something that the two of you have both, especially Rebecca, you've really had struggles haven't you that's been a big challenge for you to figure out how you can be more authentic in the work that you do and I'm wondering Atia about how you feel you're doing your role as an assistant head now with authenticity so either of you can start on that one just one of you jump in <laughs> well I have spent most of my life <laughs> pretending to well trying to fit in and trying to be the right person and looking around to try and figure out, right, this is how you're supposed to be. So this is how you need to be, or this is how you need to think. Um, and I think this has been the first year where I, if like the head teacher, for example, calls or says, right, can you pop into my office? Well, I would walk across the plaza thinking, crap, what have I done? Why am I going to get sacked? And literally everything I could possibly have done to offend somebody <laughs> or anything was going through my mind. And now, that belief in myself has helped me think, right, okay, this is what I believe in. This is what I think. This is how I'm going to go forward. And being my authentic self in terms of, right, I'm not desperate for this position. Yes, I love it. But I'm not going to be somebody else to be in this position. And yes. this is the first time, 45 years of this earth, and it's the first time I'm actually like, okay, this this is okay. If I'm If I'm like this, this is okay. And sort That's of accepting amazing. myself before letting yes. anybody else accept me. Yeah, not not trying to be something else so that you can impress other people. Actually, being 
confident in who you are yeah. and what you value and what you represent. Still lots of flaws, but just really be, just accepting myself. I think that acceptance of myself has been that key thing. Yeah. And what about you, Rebecca, in terms of authenticity? Um, <clears throat> I think my my authenticity was when you know when we did the group coaching. I I figured out you know a lot of soul searching that it was being um, compromised um, because I I was I was working on fear I think and. I was always needing recognition, which sort of feeds into the fear, doesn't it? So that exactly what you said there, Atia, with the if I was called into, I mean, I still have that fear now, or you know, can you just drop by in the morning? I need five minutes too. Is it's still quite strong, but but not as bad, like you said. But I, I definitely functioned on a somebody would ask me to do something and they'd be I think this is a good idea but I think this is what he wants me to do but I think this is what she would want me to do mm. and which scares me more which scare which, which is worse for me not to do not rather rather than thinking what's the best thing to do because I know that I can do the best thing and they trust me to make the right decision and, and if it, it doesn't go perfectly well then it doesn't matter because you know my track record says I'm good at my job and I would only ever make a decision um because you know I I have the 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 right intentions and the and the values of the school but I would never think like that before I would just think what is going to make me look like I think they, they want me to look like mm. um and what is going to get me some recognition? I mean, that is that is being brutally honest of me. But there came a point where, when I'd had my children, I think it was sort of expected. You know, th there were there were comments. This wasn't inside my head. It did get inside my head, and then probably made more and more. Um, you know, I assume more and more about people. But there were definitely comments about, oh, well, you won't be able to do that. You know, you'll get you'll have to get off at half past four. Or, well, let so and so do that because you're probably shattered. How many times did so and so have you up in the night? There was that kind of um, talk in my head, which I at the time thought was insanely very, very considerate. You know, they're they're being considerate of me being a new mum, but it's not, is it? <laughs> I mean, it, it's almost saying if you want to take the easy door there Rebecca and miss out on these opportunities you know to learn go that way and have a nap or or stay in the meeting until four o'clock and you know the rest of it I'll email it to you that there's just another way of engaging with with people who have you know who care for others in in that job so because I was so scared of appearing to be a liability or appearing to have baby brain or looking lazy um, or looking like I wouldn't die for my job because I, I obviously would have done before I had my children, which I regret now, but hey ho. Um, I had to do everything. I put this enormous pressure on myself to do everything so perfectly that I got my knickers in a huge twist and I actually started to make more mistakes than I'd ever made. A, because of the pressure I'd put on myself, and B, because I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't able to be consistent because sometimes I'd make a decision with so-and-so's voice here, and sometimes I'd make a decision with so-and-so's voice, and then sometimes with my own. And what does that look like to your team? It looks like you've had a baby and lost your marbles. Brilliant. <laughs> Before we hear more from Rebecca and Atia, I'd just like to tell you a little bit about our amazing partner, Head Teacher Chat, and how they can support you in your role as a head teacher or senior leader. Head Teacher Chat discusses lots of topics, from how to support pupils with learning, how to support parents, and the many issues that come with leading a school. The aim of Head Teacher Chat is to support head teachers and school leaders who are in a challenging and often lonely role. They do this by offering lots of information for schools to tap into. For example, they have lots of fantastic education companies on their database for leaders to discover, as well as leadership templates to download. 
They've written product reviews for leaders who are looking for products for their school. And this year, they've even launched the very first school leader planner, especially designed to help leaders to be productive and organised. If you'd like to hear more about Head Teacher Chat, you can find them on their website at www.headteacherchat.com. Head Teacher Chat. It's what head teachers are talking about. Now let's get back to the interview. I've done exactly what you know everybody's thinking I'm about to do it. It was just so so infuriating. Um, I kind of well, you both know that I just decided to to stop and and take a step back um, because my confidence was through the floor. You know, I would overthink the tone of voice I'd used to say hello. It, it got to a point where I was so worried um but I, I was paranoid basically because i felt like such a different person and so still so capable of doing my job but i knew i needed to do it differently but i didn't know how to say to my employer employers i'm still really good at this but i'm just going to do it this, this way now it, it, is that all right just because i've realized that i'm quite good at it i don't have to think about it as much and i can be much more effective and smart and but but I didn't have the ovaries to to just say that. And because I didn't, um, I decided to just change settings. So I, I changed school and I've changed schools a couple of times until I found somewhere where I can, you know, walk in as me, um, giggle too much, smile too much, um, spend far too much time at lunchtime, you know, joking about with year eights. Um, I can just be myself and I've decided that from that point I'm going to see where it goes um, and I've just got a whole new take on what 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 my job means to me because you know I was in such a in such a way that I wasn't present in my children's life and in my own life and that's not going to happen again so you know I'm, I'm part-time now I have dates with my husband while my children at nursery I lay next to them and watch them fall asleep and I'm not panic I'm not writing an email in my head yeah. um or I'm not writing a reply to a horrible email in my head um I'm not practicing curious uncomfortable conversations when I get into work about inappropriate um requests you know on my time so you know I'm I really really hope that I'll get to your point maybe Atia where you feel actually realized like do you feel like Atia's huge big amazing points are being put into action and they're helping people it sounds like not, not there yet staff development I mean to think of the road that you've had to take to get there and then be in that position to put that right for so many people that I don't know that's how, that's how I see your journey anyway to the, the little stumbling box that blocks that came before have made you the now the most amazing person you can be to to develop staff and, and I suppose all I'm, of our experiences that's what yeah that's what makes you who you are really you are going to go back up there and whatever journey it is and however yeah. long it takes I'm not sure if I'll go back up or down yeah. or around do a few but it will, what, what you've gone through is genuinely <laughs> genuinely going to make you a better version of every, anything yeah. and it's just going to support you because everything everything's a learning curve isn't it Mm. And I think one of the things that Rebecca, you are a really great example of, is being courageous. Mm. Yeah, I'm saying are, I'm, I'm not happy. Yeah, I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere else. And yeah, I'm get to the other place instead of what I think. What I what I hope the coaching gave to you was you moved job, and then when you got into another job and you realised that that wasn't the place for you to be authentic either you didn't say this has happened in two places now so it must be me mm. and I hope you've you've had one-to-one -one coaching since then as well haven't you to sort of support that too and I think that that has helped you to recognize that this isn't you and I think you're a great example of that that 
it's really important that people find the right place for mm -hmm. them and that if you're not happy somewhere the one thing that you are in control of yeah is you don't have to be there you can go somewhere else mm -hmm. and you and i think you're a really good example of not being happy not being authentic going somewhere else not being happy not being able to be authentic again and you went through quite a lot in that school as well didn't you it was not an easy place for you to be no. while but you went somewhere else and you've had the strength and the courage and i think one of the things it also makes us i think realize and one of the things that you said right back at the start of this conversation was you felt that you had to be a great teacher a great mom a great wife a great friend you've got all these i mean we, we say they're plates that you're spinning but i think we're sold a lie or we've been sold a lie women of our generation have, yeah sold a lie that you can have it all and mm -hmm. you can do it all you can be yeah. a parent you can have the career that you want and the job of your dreams mm -hmm. you can be in a great relationship and sustain that and you can stay gorgeous by going to the gym and stay young and do all these other things mm -hmm. and it's utter tripe yeah. it's bullshit and I, think I could i could have it all but i would enjoy none of it mm. And then, the thing, and then I just it? thought I was obsessed with having it. I mean, the the for me to to just let go of the dream of being an assistant head teacher has has been it's been a two year kind of you know, and I still have serious tugs where I think, oh, I could do that. Oh no, I couldn't. I can't be bothered because I want to pick my kids up at three o'clock. It's just too cute when my son comes out with his hat on backwards and he stretched his arms out and mm -hmm. and his face lights up. No, I can't do that. No, yeah. sorry. You know, it's it's really fleeting. It's still there, but it's sad, isn't it, that somehow my headspace got to a place where I could only value myself if I if I reached this certain, you know, and it was assistant headship for me that that I really thought I wanted and deserved, but um, it wasn't. I think it was just. It was just to value people and to be valued and be myself. So so now that I just rock up and be myself and people are like, oh, you're so good at your job and I really like spending the day with you. And, you know, people pop into my classroom and that's why I went into teaching for the, you know, one of my core values is belonging and honesty, which means that I'm a great friend, you know, super loyal, um, but just maybe a bit too in your face but this department has you know just taken me under their wing I mean I've never had a good mentor it was so great to hear you Atty, when you said that you'd had a great mentor I, I haven't until Vicky really which is really sad it, it's such a sad thing to say about the profession that yeah. you have to go outside it and search yeah. and search and search to find that yeah you know, that's why I'm so pleased that you, Atty, are in, are in the role that you're in. Because um, a lot of people might not have to do, you know, search so yeah, hard. Yeah, the struggles that we um, have. Yeah, yeah. I think, it, it, think it's, it's really great to have the two of you because one of the... One of the things that we are told, isn't it, like you can be anything, so be the best it can be. You can have this career. So for some reason, I did a coaching call with... Um, a head of a middle a middle leader in a in a school who was worried because she wants to have a family but she feels the pressure to move her career forward and to become an assistant head and she was really worried that if she spent time bringing a family up she wouldn't she would miss the boat in terms of a career mm. and then she might be too late for that and i think it's an awful awful it's situation awful. that's been created it's for women awful. but it's been it's that so position real. where it's not in her head that was that is a real thing it really is isn't it, it is. you two are good examples of uh, asia your assistant head it's taken you however long it's taken you to get this 18 19 years to yeah. get there you've brought your family up and now you're doing it so you're an example of someone who i'm gonna say a bit older but you know yeah, um, we're about mid-40s um 
you look but, like way better than I do. I know. Considering I like not way better than you do, but <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> looking at you thinking, oh, we're the same age nearly. Um, <laughs> but but that's a good example to people of how you know you don't have to rush to do it things. Is. There's no yeah. there's no rush. You can't do it all. So don't try. And I think we need to be, I think what the group coaching program for me about that, was about to do it all. Was helping yeah. women to recognize that you don't have to be superwoman. When I was going into coaching originally, that was my plan to do something with the superwoman type syndrome and help school leaders to understand that you don't need to be superwoman. And most of us can't be. But there are people out there as well who portray that image of I'm doing it all and I'm doing it so successfully and I looked at those people and thought wow okay I can do that then <laughs> and it is the women in the in power as well who will say yeah. well I've raised this and I've done this and I've been able to do this and we don't help each other like it's the fact like mm. Becky saying the fact that we've had to find a group like this to then say actually it's okay it's okay not to be a superwoman. It's okay not to have to stay later or do this or do that and still be good at what you're doing and be yes. you know, and accept yourself. Because you're constantly being told that here's the bar and the bar keeps getting higher and you have to keep jumping to try and reach mm -hmm. it. And that and that makes you feel inadequate, doesn't it? Yeah, constantly. You feel like, you know, I'm doing all these things, but I think like you said, Rebecca, I'm not enjoying I'm not no. enjoying and any all, of them. It all detracts from being a good teacher as well, which yeah. I've realised is quite fun. Mm. You know, I'm I'm very poor at the moment, um, and it's not going to be forever, although, you know, if it is, I'm also maybe be. fine with it. <laughs> um, I went through that phase, don't worry. <laughs> but, but working um, two days in a department that I love, spending one day with my son um you know it it's meaning that i am getting work husband mom friend i am mm. for the first time probably since i was probably about 18 i've mm. actually got a life but it's also the role modelling, like the fact that, that honestly, Rebecca, when you've been talking, all I can think of is how strong are you, how amazingly strong and the strength and the courage that you've really? got. You is, don't think, seriously, it's inspiring. It is so inspiring to know that somebody believes I don't, believes I don't feel inspiring. I no, feel the fact that you've gone a very pyjama-like feel about it. I'm very, I'm very snuggly and warm all the time no, that strength and Vicky for you as well the fact that you'd got to a certain position and you thought right okay I need to make that change and that's true courage and we don't get to hear a lot of these stories and we don't get to talk mm -hmm. to people like you who have been really you're successful in what you're doing but you've made that change for yourself and you've not gone through this path that's predetermined by certain women or men or something that you have to like you have to get this job and then you have to get this job and this is where you have to be and this is what success looks like and actually this is what success looks like that strength and being able to make that decision that that change of career and being brilliant in supporting others and building them up that's what strength and courage is but it's right being and, and being able to recognize when you are not happy mm. and say, I need to do something to change this yeah. and to recognize that you do have control over your life because it's very easy. And I think probably we suffer from this more as women to be on the, you know, you're on the, you're on the, oh, this is a perimenopausal perimenopause brain fog. I, I just cannot <laughs> grab the word that I want Can't to get. Wait. But yeah, you're on the treadmill or you're on the, the freight train and it's heading in that direction. Mm -hmm. And if you jump off, you know, you look down, probably gonna probably gonna hurt yourself quite a lot. It's not gonna be easy, but you will get back up again and you probably don't have to go as fast as you were going. And nobody before. tells you that bit. Nobody says no. that it's okay to get off and pause for a while or change what's, and get off to another train. What's the reason then for for that not being shared? what's the reason i often think, I think about it, it comes i think it comes down to 
the idea of failure. And I think like you were saying, Rebecca, mm-hmm. when you're trying to do all those things and you feel like you can't do them, even though you've had messages for nearly the whole of your life to tell you that you can, mm. there's a feeling that you've failed. I mean, I felt when I when I went through my burnout and decided that I was going to leave my job as a deputy head, yes, I was excited about the things that were coming up, but I felt like I'd failed because I, w- I was going to be a head teacher. I could have been a head teacher. I would have been a great head teacher. <laughs> I can say that because I never was one. <laughs> and I'm not ruling. <laughs> I'm not ruling out potentially. You know the work that I've done, the interviews that I've done on the podcast, the coaching that I do with heads, the, the apprenticeship, and learning about leadership and delivering on the MPQSL program. That has taught me so much about leadership, and I I, I could be a head teacher, but at this point in my life, I choose not to but I felt like that was my destiny that's what I decided when I was younger I was going to do and to not do that and to step away from it felt like a failure and I think that's one of the reasons that it's not shared because people are so worried that they'll be seen to be a failure because when you look at Twitter it's full of people who are you know, doing all sorts of things, success at this and, you know, being really great at that and managing all these things. And mm. it's it's almost... And celebrating working long hours and... But it's perpetrating that culture of, mm. you know, I can do that, I can... Yeah, it creates a picture of what you're supposed to be like. This is what you are supposed to look like and anything else is, is, isn't is right, it's not, it's failure. Yeah. But this is what needs to be celebrated. It's so strong, though, isn't it? It's so strong. It's terrifying, really. And so, in some respects, if you carry on doing what you're doing in a role and you're really unhappy, and I, I was pretty miserable in my role and in my life at that time, that's failure, isn't it? That's not success, yeah. keeping on going, doing something that makes you unhappy so that you can put the, you can give the impression that you're doing it all and you've got, everything you know sorted that's to me that is failing because you're not living authentically Mm. and you know I've had a I've had a really great day today I've I'm doing my ICF course I've done some um leadership training and at one point I just thought that this is what I should be doing this is I'm like I'm living my best life it's I get to interview amazing people like you two on the podcast and you know it's seven well what time is it it's seven eight o'clock on a Monday evening isn't it and I don't resent doing this work I'm not resentful of it I'm not thinking oh gosh could be doing something else you know you're getting your exercise books out and but I'm not saying at the same time I'm not saying that that's not a worthy thing to be doing like if you're if you're getting joy from that and you feel like you're making a difference Mm. then that it's about us all each recognizing that we're all different unique individuals and we can do all sorts of different things but we need to make choices and we need to make courageous choices so that we can be our authentic selves and enjoy the bits of life that we want to enjoy yeah and it's it's okay to want to enjoy them Yes, absolutely, and not feeling guilty or inferior yeah. or anything else. And women I and struggle women. with guilt. Sorry, yeah. I see you again. No, 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 that's it, not feeling guilt. And equipping women, especially, to to know that actually it's okay and, and you've got to be that truth to yourself. And although you'll say it and you'll read about it, but actually hearing stories of different people take, you know, doing what they actually genuinely want to and believe in it as opposed to this gerbil wheel again and again and again. And and I just want I just want to finish by just a little bit of um like the net what the network brings being part of like carrying on and being part of the network and being able to, you know, just come and half termly we're going half termly, just put that out there. To be part of a half termly space and conversation and part of it you know we have a whatsapp group don't we and there's lots of you know like you're saying supportive someone says oh no Ofsted are in 
you know, the support's yeah. there, isn't it? Or going for an nice, interview, yeah. the mm-hmm. support's there again. And yeah. um, like being part of, continuing to be part of that network, how has that been for you? It's been really good to be able to know the journeys that everybody's gone on. Like somebody else has given up education is setting up their own business. Um, and that's fantastic to know that actually she's really happy with what she's doing and and wishing a look and like the leadership skills that she'll need in that um, or knowing um, or just being able to continuously share and just touch base. And because it is anything that you need to go back and revisit and almost like recharge your batteries, don't you? And that is it. That network is a recharging your batteries because you need to just touch base refill believe in yourself again and then move forward yeah and the last session that we did i i gain a lot from it as well and you know the last session that we did on boundaries i have since you know blocked out my fridays and i'm not saying it's not i'm not (laughs) saying it's a no work day but it's a no calls day i don't do any coaching calls i don't do any training or anything on a friday and i keep that day sacrosanct and someone else who was on the call when we were looking at boundaries said she went straight back into school she's ahead of English and put in place some of the things that we've been talking about in terms of she was sending out an email saying these are the times when I'm available this is where I'll be if you need me and then she wasn't going to be around at the other times and she said it had made a huge difference for her being able to put those boundaries in place and I think the network sometimes because we talk about specific topics or you know elements of leadership it gives you practical ideas as well doesn't it to it helps you to think about things that you might do or question the way that you currently do something and think about how you might be able to do it differently so it frees you up from something like a typical coaching program just it has that six week six month whatever program and then you sort of finish and you're left to your own devices whereas this is really important to just go back again and develop that little bit further or just touch base on where you are and keep moving forward. And do you know what's just coming to my mind, Atia, because you were denied at the start, didn't you, about whether you should do the, the coaching program because you oh, looked at some other things. I remember yeah. you getting back to me and saying, I've seen something else and it's a lot cheaper. Did you? <laughs> I did. That's I was trying to I mean, you got in. You got in at bargain yeah. price because I did that first cohort as a beautiful But yeah. it was. It's important, isn't it? Because when you're spending a significant amount of money on something, if you're going to spend a few hundred pounds on something, you you want to know that you're going to get the value out of it. And often, I will say, you know, when you pay for coaching, you, it's it's an investment in yourself. It's not like something that you're purchasing. Yeah. You you're paying for like for your own self improvement. And someone once said to me, you know, I said, oh, I've spent an absolute fortune on coaching, and I don't think I can afford like to to pay for it again. And they said to me, well, I tell you what, let's think of this in a different way. You can go back and and sit in your office where you were as a deputy head. And I'll give you all the money that you've spent on coaching back. It's probably in terms of training that I've done, coach, I've probably invested £16,000 in it. You can have all that money back, but you've got to go back to where you were at the point before you had any coaching. And it was absolutely not. I'd pay double, I'd give you double the amount that I've paid to not have to be back in that dark place where I was because it's brought me so much fulfilment and it's made my life really worth living and I enjoy every day and I look forward never get Sunday night you know oh god it's Sunday yeah I don't get the Sunday night blues I don't really know where the school holidays are I don't have a I had a little bit of a back to work thing this week because I knew I was going to be so busy but nothing like I would have had before coming back from the school holidays so and then also the program that you've got it's not your typical coaching, your one-to-one and that's it. it. The fact that you've got your one-to-one, then you've got your group and then you've got your sort of the, the network that you're continuing with mm-hmm. and the resources that you can dip in and out of as well. So it's like a massive, it's a massive package, isn't it? And that's really, really beneficial because actually listening to those podcasts, um, going back to things, going, oh yeah, I remember this. Let me just go back to it. That's, that's vital. Yeah, it's something... 
it's not and it's not just for the time that you do the group coaching program is it it's yeah. a ch it, if it changes your mindset it's for life yeah. You, yeah you do that and it changes you forever doesn't it yeah i could probably text you every day vicky with something that i've done better that i would have not done well two years ago if you know what i mean like in my head i'm always telling you oh i just did that yeah <laughs> it's made me really happy and i'm so lucky like i'm literally just like dancing in the shower or honestly when i'm putting my children to bed or when i'm playing with them i think i still can't believe that I feel the way that I do still think, you know, I'm going to wake up in my old office or in my old classroom and, you know, I, I could be sick, you know, thinking about it, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm safe um, and I'm happy and, and I'm empowered and in control of, of most of what happens to me. Uh, you know, it's surreal, it's priceless, it's absolutely priceless it really is because you know being a teacher can just overflow into every single minute of your day and if you want to be a good one and then you want to be good for other teachers it's really hard to just you know just stop there because I, I need to do me now it's so so hard I um, think that's a really yeah. good place for us to finish because if you need to do you then you need to do the group coaching program don't you that, that i think that like I, like to say i need to do me because i wasn't me like before wasn't coaching and i was some wound up mental kind of grappling for bits of myself i was feeling quite desperate and lost yeah just really? do me we, we've been talking for Very ages <laughs> Yeah, well, well what were you no up to? Really, is it? No, I was just going to say, I'd say lots of interviews and was getting to the final two, just not making it. And um, having done loads of courses, had known what I needed to, but that group coaching and actually talking to people is what unlocked it for me. And it was worth it. It was worth the investment. Definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Thank you both so much for joining me. The time's just gone so quickly, hasn't it? We've been talking for That's over good. an hour. Yes, it's just so. Um, are you both on Twitter? If yes. people want to, unfortunately, yes. I will. I will put you. I will put your Twitter handles. Is that what you call them in the in the show notes? So people want to. And are you both on LinkedIn as well? Yes, I don't use yes. it often, but yes. Okay, yeah. so if people want to come and find out a bit more about you or see what you're doing or how you're getting on they can do thank you so much it's been amazing to to talk to you today thank you it's lovely to remember as well the the time the journey and yeah it is it's been really really nice thank you Vicky and thank yeah, you Vicky and well done again <laughs> well done you as well proud of you okay bye-bye bye bye ladies bye bye, -bye. I really enjoyed doing that interview with Rebecca and Atia. I feel like it gives a really great sense of what it is to lead as a woman in a school and the impact that that can have on you. But also, I really hope it gave you a flavour for what the group coaching can bring you and how it can help you to take a different approach, change your mindset, change your way of thinking, change your way of working and even your way of being. I really hope it gives you a flavour for the transformational nature of group coaching and the network and the support that it can bring for you and how it can create new connections and even new friendships. Atia and Rebecca have become great friends through the group coaching programme and they still support each other even now. I think we're two, two years down the line. So it can just create that friendship, the connection, the network, a space where it's okay to explore, a space where it's okay to say, I don't think I got this right, a space where it's okay to say this happened, what do other people think about it, and a space to listen to the experience of others and recognise that you are not on your own when all of these things are happening. It's a challenge to be a female school leader. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it's not a challenge for men. 
I, I totally agree. It absolutely is a challenge. I do think there are unique challenges that women in the workplace face. And I really do think that the group coaching program and even one-to-one coaching is a really good way of supporting yourself through those challenges. And it's an investment, like we were saying, it's an investment in yourself. So if this is something you would be interested in, please do get in touch with me. I'd be very, very happy to have a chat with you about group coaching, one-to-one coaching. As I say, I do senior leadership team coaching and I do leadership training via the RLE. So if any of those programs are of interest to you, please do let me know and I would be very happy to have a chat with you. I want to finish the show today with a reference to our partner, Progressive Masculinity, because I'm sure you will not have avoided the prominent news story of Andrew Tate, who is a vile misogynist, who unfortunately, through social media channels and his despicable course that he's offering, is influencing hundreds of thousands of young men in the way that they think about women. And it's very concerning to me that this is happening. However, our partner, Progressive Masculinity, Mike Nicholson, are doing some great work with schools, with boys in schools, about what it means to be a man and helping them to gain a better understanding of really what it is to be a man and how to reject the toxic masculinity of people like Andrew Tate so if you feel like your students need some extra education with regard to their views on women or masculinity how to how to be as a boy or a man please do go and have a look at Mike's website he's been on Radio 5 and Radio 4 this week and he offers some absolutely brilliant courses. They're so enlightening for young men to experience. So please do go and visit Mike's website, Progressive Masculinity, which is www.progressivemasculinity.co.uk and get Mike into your school to help you out just educating you boys in that respect. Mike is absolutely brilliant and I highly recommend and fully endorse him. So that's all we've got time for today i don't know if you can hear but i've got ruby scratching on the door to come in so she is telling me that it's it's time to finish (laughs) so i'm going to go off and let ruby in the door have a great week take care of yourself take care of your staff and lead well this episode of the we lead well podcast was brought to you in partnership with Progressive Masculinity and headteacherchat.com.